The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Intuitive Connection, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. So hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. Today is our 100th episode. Yes, 100. (laughs) And uh, I'm really excited. This is like a really big landmark. You know, I've heard tell that most podcasts don't even make it, you know, past the first few months. So it's a testament to all of you and, and just the joy of doing this whole thing that we are still up and running 100 episodes in almost two years out. So I just wanted to take a moment to celebrate that and to thank all of you guys for tuning in and making this worth doing. So thank you. So today on the podcast, I want to talk a little bit about the difference between living in love and living in ego. And let's be honest, right? We're all human beings and we all have these small self, you know, egoic personalities. And we've even talked on the show how ego is not necessarily an all bad thing because it is your individuated sense of self. But the way ego has also been portrayed in some of the spiritual teachings and the way I'm going to use it a little bit more today is this idea that we live in fear, we live in scarcity, we live in our small mind and we let that small mind, rather than being the vessel of expression of the divine, we let that small mind run the show and we get lost in it. And we get lost in all of the illusion and delusion and fear that has become part and parcel of this human construction here called human reality, earth, whatever, right? And, you know, a lot of you know, we've talked about, I don't usually use the word ascension because I don't like to go to new agey, but many of you are aware and, you know, have heard this idea that earth is moving to another level. It's moving to a new place and we're moving towards living less in fear and scarcity, right? Living less according to those egoic ideas because the ego, right, is that small sense of self. It wants to protect itself at all costs. It wants to individuate. It wants to say me or you. It wants to, unfortunately, up until now for many of us, 
disengage altogether from that energy of love, from that energy of oneness, from that place that we all come from, from our highest spiritual selves. And again, it's my belief that the ego is actually a tool, a vessel with which we can express our highest and truest selves. So the trick is really to use it that way rather than getting lost in it. So there's a song by my favorite band. Who knows who my favorite band is by now? Uh, I bet you some of you, if you've been listening a while, do, right? There's a song by one of my favorite bands, if not my favorite band, the Avett Brothers, called Living of Love. And it is one of my favorite tunes. And yeah, it's all about living from that place of love. And so today I want to talk a little bit about what it means to live of love and how we can start to do that and discern from that and tell the difference from when we're living from ego. Okay? So that is the topic for today. And I am going to get out of the way too and let the guides talk because they're really smart on this stuff. So don't you worry about that. But well, <laughs> sorry. And, and the first thing I want to say is what the guides say is a lot of living in love, right, is getting out of the way. A lot of living in love is listening to our intuition, is connecting to that higher guidance, is agreeing to be in that space of not knowing so that that higher wisdom can come through. And so living in love, or we could say living in spiritual alignment, is really about aligning with and vibing with that part of ourselves that is aligned with spirit, with our soul. And some ways that you can know if you are living more aligned or less aligned. More aligned means you don't have a lot of fear, right? And when you do have fear, and yours truly has gone through a little bit of a fearful period, so I can tell you when you do have fear, you understand it's an experience, it's a transient thing, but you don't believe it's the truth of reality. And you you tend to get a little less lost in it. You recognize it as an illusion, as a delusion. And you may take it seriously certain places like I'm always a fan of being cautious and mindful around, I don't know, dynamite. Don't just light that. (laughs) Um, You know, don't drive your car blindfolded, things like that. Like be mindful, be smart. But a lot of the fear in the world, it's irrelevant. It's fear about what could happen. It's fear about what has happened. It's fear about fear, about fear, about fear, about fear, about fear, right? And fear for many of us has become almost like the, you know, the gasoline that the tank runs on. And it's time to start using a more soul-friendly alternative, right? A better fuel. And that is, is your divine essence. That is your soul. So when we live a more soul-guided life, fear can come, fear can go, but we don't get lost in it so much and we don't let it dictate the show. Does this mean that you'll never uh, make a choice based on fear? Probably not, but you know, you might get to a place where you don't need it at all. I don't know. Does it mean that you'll never feel that wave of panic or that little frisson that you get, you know, uh, those goosebumps or feeling you get when you, you know, go through a stop sign and uh, someone else doesn't stop and, you know, you almost collide. No, you know, you have a human body and human bodies are wired a certain way. So it's not about the feeling, the emotion, or even the, the thoughts that come through sometimes. It's about how we interact with them and how much credence we give them and whether we allow them to be our truth. Got it? 
So yours truly just went through a period of uh, intense emotional activation. I was taking a medicine that started to work the wrong way and caused me a lot of anxiety and panic and fear. So it was a great opportunity, right, for me, first of all, to (laughs) release a whole lot of stuff and become aware of a whole lot of stuff that I didn't know was in my nervous system because my nervous system was just spewing it out. So that, that was good. But it was also a really great experience for me to see where I could take the observer stance and really how strong and powerful I was because even though it was not a very good feeling for my body to be in that state, and even though sometimes my mind would get away from me, I cannot tell a lie, a good chunk of that time, I was able to stay centered. I was able to stay present. I was not enjoying it. (laughs) So I have not reached complete awakening level yet. Uh, I don't know if you ever really enjoy it. So we'll we'll have to ask the guides about that. But I was able to, I think, and I could be wrong, be in the witness state more than not. And that's really what we're asking. When you come to earth, you make an agreement to participate in this earthly world. And part of that awakening, if you want to call it that, is where you start to have that space between experiences, feelings, emotions, you know, other people, triggers, and your reaction. And when you can start to find that space in between, that is where all the gold lies. And that is where the truth lies as well. So when we are living of love, we are in a less reactive state, okay? But we also start to learn to agree to disagree with a lot of the fearful thoughts that go through our mind. They may come, they may go. Sometimes we might get sucked into them and maybe, you know, sometimes we will not. But we have a deeper understanding that they're not the truth. We know deep inside that they're not the truth. And the more that we can vibe with the fact that they're not the truth and they're not the truth for us now and they're, and they're not necessary now, ah, the more we can start to create space and create space between ourselves and those very normal human reactions and responses. So living of love or living in spiritual alignment is recognizing that the truth of the matter is you are divine. You are well, you are whole, you are safe, you are beautiful. And anything that tells you otherwise, while it can be a compelling at times, is simply not the truth. And eventually you'll learn it doesn't really need to take up so much of your attention. And again, it doesn't mean we discount the feelings that we're having. It doesn't mean we judge whatever we're experiencing. Mm -mm. Judgment's another form of resistance. That's ego again. But it does mean that we give ourselves a little bit of space and strength and allow that you know, we don't get quite so lost in the illusion. Another symptom of ego, what my coach years ago used to call monkey mind is this idea of scarcity, right? And scarcity comes up all over the place. And again, for me, it's more about just becoming aware, just becoming aware. And when I become aware being, and you've heard me say this a million times on the pod, becoming aware and then, you know, not judging, loving the part of myself that's hanging out in that space, but also in so doing, creating space between those automatic ways of responding that we've all learned being human and just jumping into it. And, and creating that awareness is how we, we change, right? And when we create awareness, we don't tell ourselves a story like, oh, I am the person that is lost in scarcity right now. Mm-mm. We just go, ooh, look at that. Isn't that cute? And then we can redirect ourselves to something that is more empowering. <laughs> 
So for me, I've noticed scarcity has come up in all sorts of ways. And scarcity for me too can be extra triggered, right? When you're in a fear-based state. And if your body is acting in fear, you know, from a medication, from an experience, from, you know, childhood trauma, all of those things, naturally your brain will follow suit. So it gives you a little extra challenge (laughs) to deal with. But I've noticed all sorts of places for me where scarcity comes up. And some of them were pretty surprising. Some of them were pretty interesting, working on, say, medications that I was taking, not medications, but herbs and things. And, you know, meeting out like, well, if I'm only allowed to take three of these lavender pills today, what am I going to take them? And what am I going to do when they wear off? Ah, breathe. Right. And so being aware of that rather than saying, wow, I have this thing that's going to help. And probably one little pill is going to help me for that whole day. (laughs) Right. Wouldn't that be a better way to approach it? So scarcity is another one. And scarcity does all sorts of interesting things to the human mind. Scarcity causes jealousy, right? Because we believe if you have it, that means there isn't going to be enough for me. Mm -mm, There's enough for everyone. So you can let that one go, right? And we're all unique. So what's really cool about earth, jealous friends, and we all experience jealousy from time to time. And I will do an episode on that one too. How's that? But when we understand that we are all have infinite potential and that we're all like creating, right? And we're all expressing our own unique inner divinity here on earth. And that is like what we are here to do. And that no one can step on anyone else's toes because we are all unique. And at the same time, we are all connected. It's true. You are both. Uh, Then that idea of scarcity goes right out the window. The ego also likes everything to be about me right? It'll take our happy and make it about me. It will take our accomplishments and make it about me. And if that doesn't work, it will take our losses and make it about me, right? I am the most miserable person in the world. Everything bad always happens to me. That, my friends, is still ego. Ah, And so it's good to know what stories are playing on your internal record player, right? And to recognize when those stories are becoming ideas of yourself that are limiting. So, so far we've talked a lot about what it's like to live in ego and how we can bring more awareness, right, to where that egoic state and those things like scarcity and fear are showing up for us. And friends, that's a really big part of living in love and living in spiritual alignment when we can become aware of the stuff, right, that human stuff that's getting stirred up without getting lost in it. That's kind of the name of the game or a big part of the name of the game here in this human journey. And it's always been my belief that healing, growth, however you want to talk about it, happens when we can lend that loving awareness to whatever is happening in the now, meaning we honor it, we see it, we accept it, we allow it, but we don't get lost in it. And so I think that's a really powerful and important aspect of living in love. However, there's also more. And I think the more is where the world is really wanting us to head in this uh, beautiful period of time that we are walking into now. And that is where not only are we able to be present with the stuff that's a little more, you know, messy, but where we can really start to bring in and be a conduit for our soul's gift, our higher selves gifts, essence, light to shine through and guide our way more and more while we're here having this earthly experience. How we can live more from a place of abundance, from a place of joy, from a place of ease, grace, and allowing. How we can 
allow more and more the gifts of our soul to shine. And that's where I think the world is heading. And that's where I think a lot of us want to be going. And again, part of that journey is absolutely to be present with what is maybe not feeling completely aligned with our soul. And remember, everything is part of your soul's journey. And even the messy stuff is kind of what you're here to do, but it's just not the only thing. And I think it's becoming less and less necessary. And the guides are saying, and I love this, they're saying, we're going to start to use the ego, that personality, the way it's supposed to be used as a vessel, as a vehicle, right? As opposed to, you know, letting it drive us around, you know, what we do have that blindfold on and uh, we don't know where the heck we're going. We just let it take us wherever it wants to go. And again, as I said before, not a fan of driving blindfolded. It's just, it's not the right way to go and uh, don't do it. So living in alignment with our soul means that we start to ask ourselves every day, what would love do, right? What is the loving choice here? And some of us can get stuck in that moment. And some spiritual teachers don't use the word love at all for this reason, but I love the word love. So I'm sticking with it. But sometimes we have limited ideas of what it means to love, right? We have scarcity ideas of what it means to love. We have an idea that love means I sacrifice or, you know, love means I can love you, you know, but I can't love everyone. But love is your own eternal nature. Love is where we just vibe with what is and we just oh my God, the way that I see it, the way that I describe it is this incredible, overwhelming feeling of joy, bliss, allowing freedom, flow, and just understanding the inherent rightness in everything, the inherent rightness in everything, in every moment, in every breath. That to me is the true meaning of love. And when we think about love with respect to human beings, it's about giving that to ourselves, giving that to others and understanding just that we're all whole and complete and beautiful and free and starting to live our lives from that energy, from that awareness, from that space. I've probably told this story on the podcast before, but it's kind of coming through to tell again. When I was a child, probably around seven years old, I had a dream that I died and uh, I was shot in kind of like a old Western kind of scene. And I remember you know, knowing it was going to happen, saying, yes, I accept this. And then the bullet hit my chest and feeling an overwhelming sense of bliss and peace. Like I've never known before or since, except in little glimmers since. It was the most amazing ecstasy feeling. That's what our soul wants us to express more and more here. When you return to spirit form, that's how you know who you are. That's what you really are. That's what you come from. And so a lot of this journey, especially in this period of time now, is for us to let go of those encumbrances and all of those human things that take us out of our natural state, which is unconditional love, which is freedom, which is joy, which is expansion, which is allowing, which is bliss, which is bliss. And so the second piece of living of love is starting to bring more of that into your life and to connect with that. We connect with this by living authentically right? Starting to let go of all the the ways that society has told us we should be and starting to just revel in who we are and enjoy it and enjoy the fact that you bring your unique personality to earth for a reason, right? And your uniqueness is what you're here to share. So when we try to fit ourselves into the box of society, what other people want, right? Or we think we're supposed to do, it's like we're 
uh, Julia Wesley, who's been a guest on the show, always says her guides show us all as unique and beautiful snowflakes, right? And so if you use that analogy and check out her episode, if you haven't already, and she has a podcast too. But anyway, if you are using that analogy, right, we're cutting off limbs, we're cutting off parts of the pattern, we're, we're taking something that's beautiful and unique and trying to make it all the same. And of course you can't, right? But in so doing, we lose chunks of what we're here to do and be and express. So I would say the first way to bring more of your soul's light into this body is to be as authentic as possible. And I'll do a whole episode on that as well because it's so important. But just for the sake here, it's it's around allowing yourself to be who you are and reveling in that, in reveling at expressing all of your uniqueness here on earth because that is part and parcel of what you are here to do. Yes. The other thing the guides say is curiosity. Curiosity and joy and what you're excited about. And it kind of goes along with the other, allowing yourself to really feel into that. So often we are taught that, you know, we need to do what the big boss says, what the teacher says, what society says. You know, we have to follow a path of shoulds that eventually will lead us to happiness. Your happiness is already there. Follow the happiness and that's how you'll be productive. And that's how you'll create beautiful things on earth. And again, that's how you'll be a beautiful conduit for your soul to shine. When we live in joy, when we follow the things that make us happy, when we follow our curiosity, our excitement, our natural proclivities and inclinations, that's actually when we're vibing with our soul. Mm -hmm. It was an act of love and an act of faith that brought you into this body, right? And it's an act of love and an act of faith and an act of joy that your soul wants to express here through this human incarnation, through this human experience. And so the more we allow ourselves, and I'm looking right now at a little paperweight that's somehow on my desk. The room that I'm using to record these episodes is actually the room that my daughter uses. And my daughter's 25, so she doesn't live here. But Anyway, it's all of her stuff transported from Connecticut. So this must have been in her room. I don't really know how it got in this particular spot or not because I've mostly populated this area with my stuff. But nonetheless, it's this sweet little paperweight with three little flowers that says happiness on it. So as I say this, I am seeing it, which is so magical, right? And that's what we're here to do. We're here to be happy. And the more that you can live in that happy state, not forcing it, not pushing it, not saying like, I should be happy because that's another should, but the more that you can connect authentically with the things that bring you joy and allow yourself to live from that space, the more you're living of love. It's huge. It's so huge and so important and it will change every aspect of your life. And it's not something that you have to do or force or push. It's just something that you have to learn to allow because it's your birthright. It's here for you anyway. It's like the great river that wants to run through you and we just keep putting our hands you know, over our heads or an umbrella and saying, river, stop flowing because we've learned that you know, we're supposed to not let it flow. Does that make sense? Just put that umbrella down and let her rip. So living in joy is a second way to really live in love, doing the things that light you up, right? Spending time just feeding yourself with things that you love, loving yourself because self-love and honoring the vessel and honoring every aspect of this human experience and honoring you is another really important way that we live in love. We are often taught that love goes out 
right? Or people that live in lower bandwidths of scarcity, which is probably not most of you listening, but who knows, have been taught we have to guard love and we have to meet it out carefully and that we have to give it in such a way that we're going to get twice as much back. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Right? The flow of love should always be reciprocal and it should be constantly flowing. Your infinite love is infinite. Love is infinity. There's, there's, believe me, it's what everything is made of. There is abundance of love everywhere and you are a reflection of that. So the more that we can recognize that and live accordingly, right, the more that we will be able to freely receive and express love both for ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. And where we don't, and I've talked about this before and I'll talk about it again, where we put any limitations on loving ourselves, it also affects how we show love outwards towards others, right? And so it always needs to flow both ways and be reciprocal, not necessarily in every interaction and every relationship, but overall it should. And if a relationship is highly you giving and the other person is not returning over time, that's usually an imbalanced and unhealthy relationship. But the relationship with yourself, the guides say, is the most important one. And the more we can learn to show ourselves love as we are in this moment of time, honor our own lovability, our own beautiful divine nature and flow with that, the more we will experience joy and the more, again, we will be living of love. Because oftentimes we are taught that self-love is like bad and it's egoic and it's terrible and it's the other way around. When we love ourselves, right, our love of everything else grows. It's just because you are a conduit for unconditional love. And anywhere there's a block, anywhere there's a limitation or a confusion around you being that stream of divine oneness, and that's part of what unconditional love is about, anywhere where that's not flowing for you, ultimately it's a limitation on you expressing and receiving love and doing what your soul wants you to be here to do. Got it? So taking some time to live of love means that, you know, we love ourselves and where we see that maybe we don't, then we love that. We love that. And we say, okay, human, I see you. I love you. I know you're doing the best that you can do. Let me soothe you and let you know it's okay. And let me bring you back into the fold of self-love again. So I could continue to talk about living in love forever. And when I do, I don't know if you see this, but my energy is so happy. Living of love means that we ask ourselves again, what would love do? What would love do when we make a choice? And then we use our intuition and we feel into it. We feel into that energy of love and oftentimes she will show us. Obviously, living of love also means we treat others with kindness and respect. It means that we don't judge. And when we catch ourselves judging, then we love that, but we don't get lost in it, right? Living of love also means that we start to make that commitment to listening to our higher self, to connecting to our intuition, to connecting with that which is greater than us. Knowing that our small mind, our personality, our ego, whatever you want to call it is a beautiful thing. It lets us have this human experience, uh, but it's not the master, it's the servant. And so we agree to cooperate and align with that part of ourselves that is all-knowing, that is in love, that is in spirit form, that that knows things that your human mind will never grasp. And we agree to cooperate with that and to align with that and to let that be the guide. Living of love also means that we acknowledge a little bit of surrender, not a little bit, I'd say a lot of it, right? Where we let go and we surrender to our higher self. 
Surrender doesn't mean we give up. No, we take aligned action, but it does mean that we allow, again, that the wiser, smarter, like in the higher sense part of ourself, the divine within us is the one that is really guiding the show. And that living of love means we start to ask and set the intention that our life be in alignment with that, that we start to make choices in alignment with our highest purpose, that we start to express our highest purpose here on earth. And that, again, we love the heck out of ourselves as we walk this delicate balance, right, between being human and being a little spark of the divine, because that's what you are. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.